My Dogs by Nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious Seven, and you're listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. This Sunday, your Cleveland Browns are scheduled to do battle with a football team from the Crab Cake Capital. Some people call that team the Ravens. To help us get ready for this contest, we've reached out to Engraven Vids from Team Keep It Clean. Engraven Vids is a YouTuber who hails from the Mid-Atlantic region. He's fair-minded, definitely loquacious, and certainly gracious in sharing his thoughts ahead of this game. So without further ado, welcome to Dogs by Nature Radio. First and foremost, I do have to um, thank you for, for having me on again. Appreciate that a lot. Uh, shout out to Dogs by Nature Radio. Uh, thank you for even considering me to be a part of your podcast again. So I, I appreciate it a lot, man. Bro, it's great to have you. You know, I, I really enjoyed our last discussion. It was certainly a happier time for Browns fans. But since that week four shocker, you've yet to see the loss column. And now you seem poised to take the driver's seat in the postseason. What did you learn from that game? Could you point to a game when you felt your season turn? And do you feel vulnerable in any way to any team in the NFL? Um, now, yeah, we, the Ravens haven't lost since the since the last Browns game. It, it coincidentally that is the last team that the Ravens lost to. And like you said, in this game, Ravens could get home field advantage. They can get the number one seat in this game. They could have the number one seed wrapped up, head, head into week 17, already having the number one seed. So the week 17 game, it wouldn't determine anything. Um, ex- well, except for the Steelers. We could help potentially help knock the Steelers out the playoffs. So that would be some nice icing on the cake. And I'm sure Browns fans would really appreciate that after just the whole, well, you know, we ain't got to get into all that. But from that game, because um, you asked me what I learned from that game, I learned that one game, and I mean, this is something that we already knew too, but um, I learned that one game does not define a season. And another thing is that teams change. Teams undergo changes in different ways that can make the team so much worse over a period of time or so much better. This Ravens team that the Browns are going to be playing on Sunday, they are a completely different team than the one that the Browns went up against week four. <laughs> like a completely different team. In that game, they, and I'm not counting out the Browns and saying, oh, well, because uh, the Browns team was a little bit different too because Greedy didn't play. Denzel Ward didn't play. So, yeah, the Browns team is a little bit different too now. Um, but in, in more ways, they, they are different in, I would say, in, in worse ways. They're different for the worse, not for the better. Because um, it's just, and I've been surprised, man, because Cleveland, that, that's the team that I picked to win a division. I picked the Browns to go 10-6. and six. I picked the Ravens to go 9-7. and seven. Uh, With the Steelers, I forgot what I said for them. Um, and for the Bengals, I think I said like 6-10, and 10, something like that. Um, but I just, I... I I did not, I did not see the Ravens being this good, um, and I did not see the Browns being this bad, and just not. I, I didn't see them playing at such an inconsistent 
and low level. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm not complaining as a Ravens fan, but uh, yeah, I, I still been shocked just because of all the talent that they acquired this offseason. I was really out like I was really high on these guys, man. I was really high on these guys. Um, and and I spoke extensively about it because I, I really thought like, man, th- this Browns team last year, they were on the come up. Um, Baker Mayfield, as soon as he stepped in, as soon as this dude stepped in in the, in the game, I think against the Jets, um, his pocket presence was crazy. Um, this guy made quick decisions and good decisions because you, you can make a quick decision, but it can be a bad decision. But he made quick, good decisions. And I was just impressed by his body of work. And I was like, why? And then going into the end of the season, I'm like, well, yeah, he threw three interceptions against the Ravens in that last game of the season. He sure did, but he also threw three touchdowns against the number one defense. Um, so he had that never back down attitude, that that it ain't over till it's over attitude. I'm going to keep fighting attitude. And he brought it. Like, it came down to the very last drive against the Ravens. It came down to the very last drive. So... It's like it's funny because last year the Steelers they were rooting for the Browns in the Week 17 game of the season, but this year I know the Browns they gonna be rooting for the Ravens in the Week 17 game, especially if a Ravens win can knock the Steelers out. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's what that's what I learned. I learned that one game doesn't define a season, and teams can go teams can undergo so much change throughout the season, um, and they can completely revamp things for the better or for the worse and a game where i really felt the season turned um i i think the seattle game the seattle game because that because uh, the ravens have just been surprising me all season man they've been surprising me all season i picked the ravens to lose that game and i know i know some of y'all hearing this will probably be like man this guy in graven he, he really not high on these ravens huh well, this, coming into this season, like I said, I thought they would go nine and seven. I thought the offense would take a step back um, because I thought they would be a, a rebuilding offense. I thought they would be a rebuilding team uh, with the defensive losses. I still thought the defense was going to be pretty good, but at the same time, I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were last year. And statistically, they haven't been, but they still been a really good defense. Um, but it, more so with the offense, I, I did not see the offense being like this. Uh, but then going into the Seattle game, I picked the Ravens to lose by at least 10. I thought that I'm like, we traveling to Seattle. We're going up against the Seahawks. Like, this is the Seahawks. Seahawks. This team, like, yeah, they they, they are the real deal, man. Um, and going up against them is going to be a tough, tough task. And I just did not think the Ravens would get it done. But they did. And the moment, and I'm sure you've all seen it, or whether it's been on NFL Network or on NFL Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you've all seen the moment in that game where um, John Harbaugh, it was a fourth down, and Ravens were getting ready to kick a field goal, but Lamar said no. No, no, let's go for it, coach. Let's go for it. And John Harbaugh, he supported it. He said, okay, cool. John Harbaugh is probably thinking in the back of his head, well, I've gone for it on like 54th downs already. What's a 50, what's 51 going to hurt? So he went ahead and he went, they went for it. But right before, right after he got the, um, the okay from coach, right after Lamar Jackson got the okay from coach, he went to Marshall Yonder. 
And I think that was a very big underrated moment because it showed that sign of respect from Lamar Jackson. Because, I mean, you, 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 got, you got the respect of the head coach. So obviously the head coach is over all the players and whatnot. But for Lamar Jackson to go and approach Marshall Yonder and say, you want to go for it? And Marshall Yonder said, oh, yeah, I'm with it. And they went for it. That that was the uh, the moment that really uh, that I think the season really turned. Because I mean, we had been winning games before then, but that that game and that atmosphere against the Seattle Seahawks, man, that thing was something serious, man. So that was where I uh, I really feel this Ravens season took a turn um, for the better, and just really got a a, a big spark. Uh, and as far as feeling vulnerable to any style of attack. Not necessarily any style, but just the atmosphere and exactly what's going on right now. Right now is the playoffs. The playoffs are upon us. And with the playoffs being upon us, that means that regular season, that's out the window. That is out the window. Number one offenses, number one defenses, this statistic and that one, they mean absolutely nothing now. They mean nothing Because now Teams like It's do or die mode Or it's, it's gonna be It ain't the playoffs yet But I'm over here talking like it's right now It feels like it almost But um, it's, it's getting ready to be do or die mode man And teams are going to be Throwing everything Out at, at other teams Because again This is when to go home So I'm not I don't think the Ravens are Vulnerable to any certain style of attack But just the attack period The attack in itself uh, Because teams are going to be trying to attack the Ravens And each other of course In different ways But because they, they're going to be pulling everything out But at the same time With that being said While teams are going to be pulling out other stuff against the Ravens Ravens can still pull out other stuff Against the opposing teams too You're making a ton of interesting points here But the theme that stuck out the most to me was that the season is never defined by just one game. It's always about that body of work and getting better and getting better week after week after week. But as our seasons have evolved, Mayfield has proven to be inconsistent while Jackson has been anything but that. How does the flock describe his play? And are you worried about the way that Lamar Jackson handled last postseason and yes yeah, as far as Lamar Jackson his play how would we describe it just I think the best word to describe Lamar Jackson's play his style is two words ee -E. and I, I feel like I say it like almost every uh every postgame video that I do um extremely efficient extremely efficient because when you look at the numbers, if you just if you're one of those guys that I mean you can't watch the games because of course you can't watch every game um, unless you got one of those crazy TV setups in the NFL. Anyway, you uh, with Lamar Jackson, if you just look at his stats, you may see some stats. So 15 for 23, uh, 165 yards. So if 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 you see a quarterback go 15 for 23 for 165 yards, then you automatically are gonna think two things. Either one, wow, this guy, they, they, he could not get anything going through the air. Nothing. Or this guy, man, they, they were running literally all game long 
And he didn't really have to do much Or you may be thinking a third thing Oh that defense really clamped up But that's pretty much the same thing uh, With him not being able to get anything going through the air But with Lamar Jackson You can't look at those numbers and say that Reason being, one, well, because the run game has been super effective, but uh, his efficiency, those, those numbers, just his passing completions and yards, they usually, with him, they usually never tell the whole story. They usually never tell the whole story because there's another statistic. If you keep on going over a little bit, after you pass the completions and attempts and after you get past the yards, the touchdowns. The touch, this, this dude has had several games where he's completed under 20 passes. Under 20 passes and thrown for four touchdowns, five touchdowns, three touchdowns. And, and he's done that several times. That's why I say the efficiency is crazy. It, it, and it's crazy good and it's been a beautiful thing. And for him to lead the league in touchdown passes by a significant margin And he's, he's missed a game and a quarter's worth of time Because he's sat five quarters now He has sat through five quarters of football this season five, That's a whole game and some And he still leads the league in touchdown passes It's, it, it's crazy It's crazy but Ravens fans we, we definitely appreciate it um, and this is not a knock at Joe Flacco at all, um, but it, it it is just Lamar Jackson has been a breath of very 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 fresh air, like and and fresh breath too, a fresh breath of fresh air, like if if you just uh, rinsed your mouth out with some scope, it's it is a very very fresh breath of fresh air. Um, because this guy is just He's doing some things And it's like wow This is what it's like to have a significant offense This is what it's like to have a consistent offense This is what it's like Sign me up All day um, Now As far as what he did last season In the postseason um, No that, that, that doesn't worry me at all I'm not concerned with that at all and, and I know a lot of people have reverted to that uh, When they look for something <laughs> When they look for something to say About Lamar Jackson Because a lot of people Because um, they, they, they're starting to run out of stuff First is uh, you, Of course I know you've heard it already um, Is this play sustainable And then um, Oh teams are going to figure him out And, and I mean we, we still continue to hear a lot of that stuff But what a lot of people are going to now uh, I guess since it's getting to that time They say oh well look he got exposed in the playoffs last year <laughs> How about that But with Lamar um, We had a very uh, Terrible And there's no personal thing against him It's just business um, But Marty Morningweg he was not the guy He was not the guy Marty Morningweg He um, He he, uh, he, was he only had a plan A and he never he never had a plan B, and because with with plan A, he he went to his plan A. Plan A was not working all game, and he stuck with his plan A. He stick with plan A over and over and over and over and over again, and he never changed it up. He never made any adjustments. He never had a plan B, a plan C, or anything like that. But um, and and, and that was the problem with Marty Morningwake. 
and 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 you can't do you can't, especially in a playoff game. Like if Plan A ain't working, like what you you got to switch it up. And it's funny that when they finally switch it up at the very end of the game, oh, the offense actually had some life to it. Um, so no, I am, I'm not concerned with last season's playoffs because Marty Morningweg isn't an offensive coordinator anymore. If he still was, then I would be extremely concerned. And if he still was, then our offense would not be like this. I I, I can guarantee that our offense would not be like this. Um, so new year, new season, new playoffs, new offensive coordinator, new offense, new all that good stuff. So. Hopefully, uh, it works out in the long run, and we can continue this all the way to Miami. Wow. Thank you for ending your answer with that horrifying vision of your future domination. I think with that, we got to take a quick break. You're listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. We're here with Engraven Bids from Team Keep It Clean. We'll be right back. to the opposition's position on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious7, and we're joined by Engraven Vids from Team Keep It Clean. Terrell Suggs was just a few waiver spots from trickling back to Maryland. We talked about him last show. You said that he and some of the other vets were smart contributors to that defense. How much do you think he would have helped you now? Do you feel you have a Super Bowl winning defense as things stand? With Terrell Suggs, yeah, he um he was close, but yeah, Ravens they they had no chance of getting him, especially with the uh, the Saints putting in a claim for him, of course the Chiefs and and a few other teams as well. Uh, but it's all good. Now with, with Terrell Suggs, I, I felt like he he was not the end all be all. He wasn't. He he could have helped. He definitely could have helped his experience. Um, him setting the edge and run defense, even a little bit in the pass rush department too. He certainly could have helped. And just him being there, that that presence. Oh, Terrell Suggs is back. Oh, he trying to go out one last try. Okay, that would have been cool or whatever. But he he wasn't the end all be all. Um, and while I definitely wouldn't have minded him coming back, the Ravens they are fine without. A Terrell Suggs And I still feel like they are still a Super Bowl team They have been a Super Bowl team Before Terrell Suggs And now after this whole Terrell Suggs thing has happened They still are A Super Bowl A legitimate Super Bowl contender um, So But again it, it would have been cool to get Terrell Suggs back It could have been a cool little story and whatnot. It could have been And like I said he could have definitely helped um, But how, how much would he help now? He would help, a, I think it would be a significant amount More so just in the run defense And, and his diagnosing of plays uh, That is one thing um, Yeah, Like we did talk about before his, his football smarts, that IQ Ravens had some high football smarts On every level of the defense last year Again, Terrell Suggs among that defensive line pass rushers Then C.J. Mosey with the linebackers Then of course Eric Weddle in the secondary um, But now... They, uh, their football smarts has shown because they, they, they brought in um, a Josh Bynes. He's made a, a crazy difference. LJ Fort, 
Chuck Clark, who um I I didn't see what the coaches saw in him last year. Uh, us as Ravens fans, we had heard so much about um about Chuck Clark, and and I guess this this sort of trickles over into your other question: Do you feel like the Ravens have a Super Bowl winning defense? Um, certainly. Um, but guys like Chuck Clark, he when the Ravens first drafted him, um, we we had heard so much about this guy Chuck Clark, and he was drafted I think like the sixth, seventh round, something like that. Um, but we had heard a lot about him, and through, through training camp and stuff, they. These coaches, they bragged about him. Oh, Chuck Clark, this Chuck Clark, that. And then when he got on the field last year, I was like, oh, that's Chuck Clark. Like, he made me miss Tony Jefferson. And, again, that's not a knock at anybody, but I just, I wasn't feeling Chuck Clark like that last year. And I'm like, this is the guy that they've been ranting and raving about. Um, but this year, man, he has, like, taken crazy leaps. Ever since, like, uh, one thing that gets noted a lot um, about the Browns game from last time is that, uh, of course, we made a we made a lot of different uh, roster moves after that game. Uh, a lot. We lost some people. We gained some people. Um, some people came back from injury, and again, some people went out due to injury. Um, but Chuck Clark, him taking over the green dot, him calling the plays, that has been one of the biggest, one of the biggest turns turnarounds with this team. On defense, and that has really propelled them into being a Super Bowl defense. Um, before I think they were ranked like 27th in defense. Like it, it, it seems like it was so long ago when this Ravens defense was so bad early on this season. But they they went from like 27 to being like six, some something crazy like that. But they they've been really, really good, like really really good. So. Yeah, they, they they definitely have a, a defense that can can get the job done. You're right. Yeah, how things change. I remember when Cleveland had a defense that could complement what the offense was trying to accomplish. But all that ended when we lost Garrett to an indefinite suspension. What what did it look like to you to watch the Mason Rudolph melee? From your perch up in the mid-Atlantic. And more importantly, how hard is it to deal with the fans from Northeast West Virginia when they're winning? And what are those scraps like with the ketchup drinkers, otherwise known as Steelers fans? <laughs> I mean, the Ravens and Steelers, it... Uh... It's, it's right now, I feel like it's it's the most it's one of the most respected rivalries in football. It certainly is not not close to what it used to be. It's not close to what it used to be. Because like even this year, like it's it's just it's missing. It's like I I think ever since the rule changes, and then a lot of those old faces too. And of course the old faces they can't stay forever, but with there being no Ray Lewis, there being no Ed Reed, there being no Troy Palomalu, no Heinz Ward, and I know those guys have been—they've um, been retired for a while now. But uh, even with Ben Roethlisberger being gone, Joe Flacco being gone, it's just different, man. It's, it's just different, and I feel like they will really need to, um, like, really reignite this rivalry because I, I just don't—I—I I, I don't feel like it's—it's it's, it's just not the same. Of course, there's still going to be always be the trash talk amongst Ravens and Steelers fans. But I think underneath all that is definitely that respect. Now, when it comes to 
Steelers and Bengals and Steelers and Browns is a little bit different. It's a little bit different. They have definitely uh, reignited something with with those rivals. Well, not the Bengals. So, the Bengals just yeah, they just the Bengals this year. But uh, the Steelers and the Browns with the whole Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett and uh, Pound not not Pouncey. yeah Pouncey brother. Um, was it Mar- Marquise or Maurice? I always get them mixed up. Uh, and then of course Ogun Joby and oh man, it was just woo. It was something, but um, with, with the Steelers winning, uh, I mean, nah, I ain't, I ain't got no problem with it. Uh, again, it's it's that respect factor, man. It's that it's that respect factor because they've been handling their business. Um, they still they in second place, but they're in a high second place because that their second place that they're in, they are competing for a uh, a wild card spot. Uh, and we'll see how everything turns out. Now, I, I still would love for the Ravens to beat both the Browns and the Steelers. I would love for them to beat both of them to to knock knock out Pittsburgh. I mean, the Browns are not technically knocked out yet, but they have they have to beat the Ravens in order to get in. So the Ravens can knock out the Browns and then knock out the Steelers the following week. So we'll see how everything goes down. Uh, but that that would be a beautiful thing. But it, it, it's all respect, at least from my end. It's it's all respect, really, really to everybody. Um, of course. The trash talk is fun. There's always a trash talk because I, you, me, I, I, I get on a lot of Browns fans, man. I get on a lot of Browns fans, um, especially the ones that 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 have been coming at me uh, for forty to twenty five. Forty to twenty five. Remember that? Oh man, um, that's why I, I just want the Ravens to just dog the Browns. Pun intended. <laughs> well, I for one am shocked. That you would use this platform to lash out against the beautiful and largely innocent fans at Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm shocked. We probably got to wrap this thing up. Uh, but, but before you go, um, and I'm probably going to regret asking you this, but how bad do you think this game's going to be? You got a prediction or some storylines for us? So for this game, man, um, again, like I said, I'm not, I, 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 I can't sleep on the Browns. Um, and I know Ravens definitely ain't sleeping on the Browns, but just like Pepperidge Farm, the Ravens remember. They remember. We all remember. We remember. And and that's again like I talked about, man. That 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 score has been echoing all season long. After after a lot of these games, same thing. Forty to twenty-five. We beat y'all to forty to twenty-five in y'all house. Ravens, they. I, I I know the Ravens are a very petty team. Let me tell you that. They are a very, very, very petty team. Um, so they remember things. And stuff that they do on the field, um, it shows. They, it, oh, man. Like even in the Jets game last, uh, last Thursday in the Jets game, they were up. And, and, and I know that this season, I, I know this has been a we're going to shut you up season for the Ravens. We're going to prove you wrong season for the Ravens because of all the Lamar talk. He can't throw. He's not a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Um, I know the Ravens have been on a prove-it mission this entire season. But, again, back to the Jets game. In, in that Jets game, the Ravens, they, uh, they were up big. Score was pretty much out of reach. Um, but there was a drive 
I'm not sure if it was Lamar's last drive, his final drive, or his second to last drive. But either way, um, the Ravens were up by a big amount, and they were they were moving. Um, but they had got a penalty. I think they got a uh, false start penalty on Patrick McCarty, the the center. So that backed them up. So then it was like first and fifteen, and they came out again. Game is not technically over, but the score is uh, pretty much out of reach. Um, but they came out spread off an empty backfield, empty backfield. So they said we we are going to throw this ball. But the, on, on the false start play, they had, they were already in an empty backfield, and so they were they were looking to throw the ball on first down. But then they got backed up, first and fifteen. So they still came out of an empty backfield. So then I'm not sure if it was a uh, if if Lamar threw an incompletion, or maybe he just threw a completion and didn't get a first down. I, f- I forget. But they stayed in an empty backfield for for the the remainder of that drive. So. Score is out of reach. It's out of reach. So they kept throwing, and they showed that they were going to keep throwing. They showed that they were going to keep throwing. They didn't try to hide it. They didn't try to make it fancy. They said, we're still going to keep throwing. They ended up throwing another touchdown. Um, but my point is that they, they they have really been trying to prove some stuff this season. Now, with the Browns having beat them in their own house, the score of 40-25, to 25, and, I mean, it could have actually been worse. It could have been 40-18. to uh, 18. Because I remember the the Ravens got like a last second, like a sixty yard, some touchdown by Willie Sneed, something like that, toward the very end, where it looked like Browns defenders they were like, you know what, I don't even feel like tackling really. Uh, we got this game won already. I, I ain't in the mood to tackle nobody no more. Let's just get on up out of here. Um, but Willie Sneed got that touchdown, so that made it forty to twenty five. Um, so it could have been worse, but I I think the Ravens are just they are going to be looking. To really put it to these Browns, man. And again, I'll take a win either way. But I, I know the Ravens—they're they, not gonna. Well, they'll be satisfied with winning a win either way. But I think it'll be more satisfying for them to really like put it on these Browns, man. Like really. Um, score predictions. Uh, maybe forty to twenty-five. <laughs> you know that would be crazy. Nah, I, I think about um. I think forty-three. To 21 Yeah so 43-21 um, I do think Brown's gonna get theirs here and there um, But Ray like I, I think this they're just gonna be so more And not even just to get payback on the Browns That's secondary I think first and, and foremost um, It's First and foremost It's uh, It's for the number one seed in the division Like they're playing for that over everything So that 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 trumps Everything that is going on um, The Browns The whole revenge thing That's secondary But that that's a nice Little piece of the pie too It's like you get A double whammy um, So yeah I'm thinking like 42-21 Something like that I, I, I don't think It's close at the end Of the day Now if it is I wouldn't be surprised Because I know The, the Browns are gonna be play, They're gonna be Really trying to play Unless the locker room Is completely lost already Which I wouldn't mind That either But um, I, I think because this could be a statement game for both teams, um, but especially for the Browns, this could definitely be a statement game for them. Like we beat this, we beat this team, the hottest team in the NFL, and we beat these guys twice. We swept them, but that would actually make the Browns like it's it's almost a lose lose for the Browns though. It's a lose lose for them because if they beat the Ravens, well if they lose to the Ravens, then boom they lost. 
But if they beat the Ravens, then it'll be like, man, we really swept the Ravens, and but we couldn't do this against all these other teams. We couldn't take care of business against all these other teams. So it almost be like a almost like a slap in the face to the fans, to the uh, organization, to to just to really everything that is the Browns right now. Um, so <clears throat> we'll see uh, how that all goes down. I don't know how you live with yourself. <sighs> we all know how petty you are. You've been fighting all year to get away from the taste of that 40 to 25 defeat in your place. And you say that like it was even that close because it wasn't. You're right. It was a fantastic victory for Cleveland but one that had drastically different effects on each of these teams okay you've been listening to the opposition's position on Dogs by Nature Radio I'm your host Thelonious7 today we were joined by Engraven Vids team keep it clean I want to say it was great to have you but I honestly feel a lot worse now do you have any parting thoughts? Once again, man, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very, 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 very much. Um, it does mean a lot, seriously, man, uh, because this this is your show. You do your thing, um, and to for you being willing to have me on, uh, that's that's special to me, man. So I appreciate it big time. Thank you. Um, I, I hope hope the I hope the podcast takes off. I know y'all Browns fans, but it's not still. I, I, I still do uh, hope you guys uh, do have a lot of success, man. And, and I hope it keeps growing. And I I hope to be uh to be able to be a part of it next next season too. Um, so I'm I'm just looking forward to you guys your your continued success. Um, and just keep having fun with it. Have fun with it. Um, and just do your thing. Uh, I am I'm happily surprised at how the Browns season has went. You know, I still got to get my little trash talk in there a little bit too now. But you know, it's all respect. But um, yeah, I am. I have been like, like I said earlier, crazy surprised at how this Brown season has went. Um, I absolutely did not think it would be like this. I did not see it. I just didn't see this. I didn't see it because I'm like, man, you're acquiring even more talent, like crazy talent. Not not even just. Not not even just like mediocre guys. Like you are really getting some heavy hit. Like you got an Odell Beckham Jr. You got a Sheldon Richardson, man. Really? You got Olivier Vern. Like wow. Come on. Like Morgan Brent. Like oh man. Um, but it just it's crazy. It's crazy how just things like fell apart. Man. It's crazy how things fell apart. So again, um, I I've all, I've heard the rumors about Freddie Kitchen. I've heard the rumors about him, um, about the Browns possibly wanting to hold to hold on to him for a long period of time. We'll see if that happens because I, ugh, it's like tricky with that one, man, because he has made a lot of questionable decisions, man, uh, a lot of questionable coaching. Um, and that would make you want to get rid of somebody. And, and a lot of Browns fans didn't even think he was qualified in the first place. For me, I, I thought Greg Williams should have been the guy. I thought they should have stuck with him. But then when they hired Freddie Kitchens, when they went with him, I was like, okay, cool. He uh, he knows the offense and stuff. He's cool with Baker, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's like, yeah, you want to get rid of a guy if he's, he does some, like, makes some really bad decisions, especially consistently. But at the same time, you also want to build consistency. Um, so it's like, uh, 
But and because there's just Browns, that has been one of their biggest problems has been turnover. Turnover. Turnover, 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 turnover. More so at the quarterback position. Um but and head coach too. Like it's it's been just a lot of turnover. Um so we'll see, man. We'll we'll see how everything goes down. Um but I'm I, I'm definitely gonna continue to keep a close eye on the Browns, especially I, I did it last offseason because these dudes were going wild. Um, but they definitely taught taught me a lesson. Um, one that I, I guess I should have paid a little more attention to is that uh, talent talent doesn't buy wins. And again, that's not a shot at the Browns. It's just uh, it's just the truth. Talent talent does not buy wins. Um, it it all starts from the top to the bottom. Man. If it's not being run good at the top, then it's it it, it can be quite ugly. It can be quite ugly. Starts with the G, the ownership, GM, uh, the head coach, of course, uh, and it's, it starts. It's, it's the culture. It it has it's team success has so much to do with the culture more than anything. Over adding this player, that player, trading for this player, that player, drafting this player, that player. The culture is everything. But anyway, appreciate y'all. I, I, I'll, I'll leave y'all with that and go on and get up, get up out of here. Thank you again for having me on. Thank you again for having me be a part of your special podcast. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, and I'm out, man. Wow. The ever loquacious YouTuber in Graven Vids from Team Keep It Clean. That's our guest on the opposition's position. My name is Thelonious7. I'm your host here on Dogs by Nature Radio. If you made it this far, let me know what you think in the comments and take care.